This is a podcast from the South China Morning Post. Hello and welcome to the Adventure Trail podcast where we talk all things outdoor and extreme. I'm joined by my co-host Mary. Mary, thanks very much again for joining me. Hey Mark, it's pleasure to be here with you as always. Yeah, we've got a very exciting guest today, Elsa Jean Dadeur. Um, you were the one who sort of came up with the idea of inviting her on. What, what, what in particular were you excited about hearing from her? Yeah, it's been. I met, first met Elsa at the November, last November's trail walk, and at that point she was still injured and she wasn't running very much. And then come the end of March, she was out on the trails running the Green Race Ultra with an 18k on Saturday, followed by a 44k the next day, and she won both those races and just kind of really cemented her massive, massive comeback. And so that in itself was already very impressive. And I knew also that she was she works as a muralist, visual artist, painter. And I just thought, wow, you know, are there connections between her running and her painting? And it seems like there is, as we will hear in this interview. Yeah, we thought we might have to ask her about what the connection, but without any sort of prompting, she suddenly starts talking about the spiritual intrinsic link between the two and gives us this revelation that we weren't even aware of where she's combining the two, her art and her running in this mammoth hundred mile project, which is really exciting and really look forward to hearing more from. So stay tuned to hear from Elsa herself. Elsa, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you on. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> so, you know, you've been dealing with a long period of injury, but you've come back from it now and you've come back with a bang with a back-to-back win at the TGR, the Green Race Ultra yeah. recently, and then uh, a strong performance also at um, the Country of Origin just a few weeks ago. Just tell us a little bit about what it's like to be back running and competing again and being on the trails. Yeah, it feels good. It feels good to... Um, <clears throat> actually, um, it was really painful for me to stay home. Um, I realized that I'm not... I can't stay home. I can't look at the other, my teammate running and training. It's it felt, I felt really, really bad. Um alone in my apartment so uh, I think mentally I came back stronger just because like it's made me feel like so so bad to be stuck in my apartment so uh, I start training and I saw the physio and everything and I've done like so many uh, like rehab session with the joint dynamics and um, and actually like coming back after like six only six months later and uh, doing the the first race back-to-back races actually that wasn't the plan before uh, but uh, Martin Kai asked me to do the uh, the uh, Saturday and Sunday and actually it was uh, it was really good I had like uh, goosebumps and everything when I was running I was so happy to be there I was really happy happy to touch the uh, the, the, the rocks to touch the nature to look at the other and run with the other did you feel like that um, before the injury when you were running or is this giving you a new perspective I was I was the only thing is um, you know sometimes you're training hard always like every day you're training and at some point you feel like just tired and you have a, you need a break and everything but you keep going you keep running and then Actually, you don't really appreciate sometimes <laughs> running <laughs> because you have to. Um, and then, um, but when when you can't go, uh, you feel like really frustrated and that's good. It's like your fuel for, uh, it was my fuel actually <laughs> to run the, uh, the race. Did you do anything, learn any new techniques while you were injured just to sort of mentally deal with that frustration or was it just a case of having to paint it out? I, I totally changed my training actually. Uh, before I was only running, 
um, just running. I was swimming a little bit, um, but then after the uh, the surgery, I realized that I had to cycle uh, because when I was cycling, I couldn't I couldn't feel any pain in my knees. So uh, I pushed the. Uh, I had to push. I had to feel my uh, my cardio and everything, but I couldn't do it on a run. So I had to. What I did is uh, I was pushing mm. on the on the bike <laughs> at the gym, and um, I start doing like um, more like strength training, which is really good. And I can tell the difference when I'm like going up now. I'm uh, much more powerful in my legs. Uh, I have less pain in my lower back as well, and um, so I'm running less than before, and I'm doing more like cross training, swimming, cycling, and uh, going to the gym, going to JD as well. Mm. Mm. So, what was the injury that you were? with and how long so, did it take you out for? Yeah, so actually I grew up with the um, uh, discoid meniscus. So I I wasn't supposed to uh, start running and do what I did before. Uh, I struggled when I was younger, uh, eight years old. I was like really uh, feeling a strong pain in my knee. So we, uh, we went to see a doctor, a surgeon, and uh, actually they said that I had to do surgery. It, and my parents, they didn't want to touch my knee, so uh, we did nothing mm-hmm. and uh, wait for the day that <laughs> the, the, the knee uh, crack. Um, and then that was happened. That's exactly what happened for the uh, during the UTME. But actually, it was just before UTME, so I did a big preparation for UTME because it was a long one, um, and everything was like going super smooth until like maybe three weeks before the race, I started feeling something really bad in my knee and I went to see the physio. I had to uh, to stop running for three weeks and the week before UTMB, I was feeling like absolutely not confident. My knee was crack- cracking when I was sleeping. Uh, I couldn't walk like properly, but I still managed to go to, um, to the start. I did um, 14K, which is nothing. And the first downhill, I started feeling like a massive pain. So I remember seeing my mom at the uh, checkpoint. I was crying. Um, I look at Julien Bonnard, who did the race with me, and uh, I was so disappointed, but I, I couldn't stop. So I managed to do 100 kilometers with a massive pain. And that what was, was that? 18 <laughs> hours where I couldn't, I just couldn't stop, but I didn't enjoy a, any minute of the race. I couldn't talk to him. I couldn't smile. I couldn't enjoy the scenery. I couldn't enjoy nothing, but I wasn't ready to stop. Mm. Um, yeah. And this was last August. That was last August. And then, uh, when I was still there, I booked an appointment with the doctor and I was like, okay, <laughs> when I go back to Hong Kong, I need to do the surgery. So he saw my knee. I had a cyst. I had a torn meniscus and a discoid meniscus to reshape. So we did the surgery and he cleaned everything. And I'm back. <laughs> wow. It's, it's really impressive how quickly you've come back and how strong yeah. also because not running at all, you know, you can keep up with the fitness on the bike, but it's so different yeah. to have to lift up your own body weight and then pound. It's, it, I think for me, at least, you know, taking off two weeks, even yeah. I come back feeling so much heavier, yeah. even if I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, what was it that you may have done differently in terms of uh, physio and recovery? Were you going for multiple bike rides uh, in, in, in the gym a week? I think the wet bike is really, really helpful to come back stronger. And uh, so it's a combination of a wet bike and, uh, and session, my rehab with um, joint dynamics. Um, 
And then I don't know, mentally you, you come back stronger just because you're starving, just because you want to enjoy. And I remember the feeling that I had during the race that I'm pretty sure like not a lot of people had the same feeling. I was like so happy. I was at some point I was crying, but I was so happy. I had goosebumps. I was like, wow, I'm here. <laughs> That's incredible. And you enjoy, you enjoy even more what you're doing. Um, yeah, which is good. It sounds like running is sort of quite like spiritual for you you're yeah. talking about being with the rocks yeah. and that is as i always been the case with exercise in general for you it's been a spiritual exercise or is it no. about being outdoors as well no actually i didn't know and um i moved to hong kong uh, 11 years ago uh, i grew up in a south of france so it was uh, in a small village surrounded by nature and my parents are very uh, very active so we were like doing a lot of hiking um and I wasn't really enjoying it, actually. I wasn't really enjoying, like, competition, nothing. So I was watching people doing competition, my parents, my brother, but not. I was really into it. And actually, um, when I moved here to Hong Kong, I don't know why. I started, like, yeah, oh, you know, Hong Kong, you can drink or you can do a lot of exercise or you can do both. But uh, um, I felt like I needed something something else. I didn't want to spend my time in uh, Long Kwai Fong. And I started like going to uh, around like Hong Kong trail and everything. And then I realized that it was pretty good. I felt like so happy, smiling on my own and uh, really, really happy to be connected to the nature. Um, and there's something like very spiritual. So I don't know how to, I can talk about it forever, but uh, it's, yeah, it's something, it's my home. And I feel like I, like most of the people in Hong Kong, because there's like, it's a very busy city. So the more you have like people around you, the more you have noise and everything, the more you need to escape. And, um, and, and, and that's the reason why I need to be in the nature, but I'm, I guess it's the same for you. Do you find it, do you find when you go home back to the village you grew up in, that's different as well? You want to be out in the nature or is it just the concrete jungle? I, that? Yeah, I became an animal actually. So now <laughs> I need to go out all the time <laughs> when I stay in my, uh, so the thing is like my, my job as well is like, I'm very active. Uh, when I'm painting a wall, I'm like going up and down, I'm carrying stuff. And I'm always like, I'm into the zone uh, the entire day, which the same feeling as when you're like running as well. So when you're running, you don't look at the time. Well, I don't look at the time <laughs> and I'm just running. So when I have something in mind, okay, let's do this loop. I don't give, I, I don't, I don't care about the time and how many kilometers and nothing. I just go and I do it. And at some point you just let it go. Everything, the pain and, and the kilometers and the heat and whatever. And I like this feeling and I have the same feeling when I'm working. So it's very similar. I don't know why I'm saying this. Were you, were you, were you always an artist? Sorry? Have you always been an artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you get that flow that you were talking about before you started running or did they come? No. Mm. I'm like, it's totally new for me. And uh, I opened a door uh, when I started running. I didn't know that I was good at it. And I was like 23, 24 years old. And I did a first race and I wasn't that bad. I finished on the podium. So I was like, whoa, <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> and then I kept running and racing and and my result was were pretty good here in Hong Kong it's uh there's not a lot of competition as well so on the uh, in Europe I think there's much more uh, very strong lady <laughs> but it's uh, it's fun and uh, yeah it's i don't know 
became like my it's I'm totally addicted I need that to feel happy and uh, when I don't have this balance uh, I'm, I'm not happy so I can't paint as well <laughs> so how has that ability to find that flow in your work um, influenced um, and changed how you go about doing your painting and your art you, you said that you were able to find like, tap into that flow right after you started running it's um <clears throat> I think when you're like running, um, when you're overthinking, it's very complicated to explain, but I think you can, uh, you can hear me, you can understand. Like when you're running, you have the beginning of the race, you have so many questions, like uh, your legs are not really like a bit stiff and you're like, at some point you have to let it go. And, and it's the same when I'm painting. So I'm like, I have too many questions. Is it okay if I do this and that? And is it okay if I put this color here and there? And again, when I'm kind of stopped thinking and I just do what I have to do without thinking, that's where I enjoy the most. And it's exactly the same process when I'm running. I don't know if it's clear, but... uh <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Yeah, As a non-artist, I don't know if I relate to it completely, but I, I, I get it from the running perspective. <laughs> Do you, um, how was your art over the last six months where you were injured? Um, I was pretty active just two weeks after my uh, surgery. I had to work on site, but I, <laughs> it was really hard. Um, but like mentally, were you getting into that flow or was mentally, it affected by the lack of running? The thing is like, if I don't have my balance, I'm not happy. If I'm not happy, I can't express anything. I'm not this kind of artist who is able to create something when... I'm dark inside. Um, I need to feel like a lot of happiness in order to create, which for me wasn't really good. And then um, as soon as I start running again, uh, cycling, I could sleep again uh, because I couldn't sleep before. I had too much energy, too much like thinking and everything. Um, and then, uh, and then now six, seven months later, I feel like I have a new project coming which I really want to synchronize my two patients, which is like painting and running. So I have a big project coming soon. Are you, is that a secret project? Or? It's not secret and I'm really happy and excited to talk about it. So actually I'm gonna start, I've been like thinking about this project for so long. And the original idea was to paint a mural, a big smile, like one of my uh, faces in a city and run like 200 kilometers to the other and paint another smile and then run to another city. Um, but actually it's a little bit too complicated because I need time and everything. So I decided like three weeks ago to paint 100 smiles and run 100 miles. So the idea would be to prepare everything, to ask 100, to ask 100 people like um, to send me a picture of them smiling, laughing. And then I'm gonna draw that on my iPad. I'm gonna print that. And every miles, I'm gonna stick the, uh, the smile <laughs> with oh, wow. my friend in Hong Kong. So I'm gonna start in Hong Kong, uh, hopefully soon. Where, 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 where will you paint them? Just on a wall or? It's going to be, yeah, not yeah. supposed to say that, but uh, yeah, on the <laughs> wall or wherever I can. <laughs> you know, in the street, there are like panels and uh, yeah. like signage or whatever. Then it's going to be a postcard. So yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. That so, reminds me of a very terrible dad joke. Like, smiles is the longest word in the English language because there's a mile between the two S's. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm so glad that you actually laughed at that. I don't think it says good things about you guys. <laughs> well, let's see if our listeners laugh at your joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so um, when's it going to take place? It's going to be... Um... It's, I have to define everything right now, so I can't say more about it. It's going to be like in Hong Kong for sure, around Hong Kong Island, and, uh, and hopefully in one month or two maximum. So the 100 miles you do, not in one sitting? It's going to or, be in one. Oh, in one, one. okay. Yeah. In, in the urban area or yeah. on trails? Yes, okay. only road running. Okay. So I won't wow. be able to uh, go on the trail because I don't want to stick anything. Uh, the idea is really to touch people in the city. Mm. Uh, I feel like living in Hong Kong, which I love being here, but um, and I think there's so many like beautiful things that because of Hong Kong, because it's busy, then I really feel the need to go in the nature, and and it's amazing. Uh, being in a in a city like Hong Kong, I feel like there's so many people around me, but no one is like looking at each other, no one is smiling at each other. When you go to Seven Eleven, there's no hello, there's no bye, there's nothing. So I miss this uh, kind of connection, like very simple connection. And actually, when I'm painting, um, I realized so I don't have the same language. I don't speak Cantonese, but when I'm painting in the street, I have so many people coming to me, locals. They don't speak English, and they come to me and they smile and they just like and they come back every day a few times a day and for me it's like really amazing to to have this uh, beautiful emotion uh, without words and I would like to spread much more smiles everywhere and I don't know where I'm going but it's gonna be uh, I don't need to know actually it's like a race you don't know if you're gonna finish but uh, the most important is the journey have you mapped out the route already? Yes and no. Um, I'm gonna probably do like a really big loop around uh, Hong Kong Island, following the uh, the coast, and then after I really want to stay in, in town, and I would like to have as much as uh, people possible, like running with me and my friends and uh, runners and non-runners. So it will be like Hollywood Road and uh, all the street, like more in Central and Times Square, whatever <laughs> in the city. Yeah, sounds exciting. Super exciting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is this the first time you've com- you've actually combined the two, art and running? Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you had just how long has it taken to sort of come up with an idea that's managed to combine your two passions? I think actually it took me like two years to finally get this idea. Uh, what were some of the ideas you threw out along the way? No, the other idea is to, the one that I was mm. just uh, explaining is to run between cities, but I think I can do it later. Mm. Better to start small um, and then I will see. It's, um, I really want to do more, but um, I, I, I prefer to start very simple uh, with simple organization. And then I want to do something bigger, um, maybe like... I could do that in Sydney, in New York, and Paris, and uh, because I really want to travel as well. <laughs> so, yeah, I wanted to go back to a little bit uh, something you said a little earlier um, when you described your individual runs. Right, you would kind of not look at your watch at all and just do a loop and kind of be completely into it. Is that also how you approach your training in general and also individual competitions? Yeah, as much as I can. Um, I realize that, and you can ask my teammates actually. 
Um, I don't care about the time. I don't care about the kilometers. When we're doing the uh, trail walker, I'm like, don't tell me anything. I just want to cruise. <laughs> and actually, uh, it helps me to really go through the, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like a race. I don't want to focus on the end. Some people, they're just like focusing on the, uh, the pace, the time, the end of the race, uh, the ranking and everything. To me, this is not the most important. I really enjoy like being with my mates um, um i don't know it's it's much more much more uh, i don't know it's my way of thinking mm. uh, sorry <laughs> so the motivation is quite intrinsic and the competition comes as like an extra as a bonus to the experience yeah competition it's funny because i don't have a competitive mind at all but um i like it now <laughs> it's quite interesting to see how and we are changing as well. Mm, it's more a competition with myself. Anytime I'm like running, I like to learn about myself. So anytime I'm doing something, anytime I'm like struggling, I'm like, okay, that's the challenge of the day. You have to learn something and you have to grow from it. So that's the reason why I love competition. It's more about me. Yeah. <laughs> and then when it's, of course, when you're doing like competition with a mate, teammates the uh, country of origins for me was amazing um at some point we realized that we couldn't uh, finish top three and um and i was so happy to finally run with my teammate with matt and uh, and rudy i was just like so emotional just being with them and uh, matt struggled a little bit so we start like really like doing a team effort and it was amazing when i think about the race i'm like was so beautiful <laughs> yeah we love each other so that's uh, the beauty of it so um you're sort of returning from your injury just as the trail re- trail running season sort of winds down or have you got big projects coming up um in the next few months i don't have any big project coming in yeah mm. just want to take it easy yeah. <laughs> i guess you have to prepare for your 100 mile run yeah that's the uh the, the next challenge yeah. it could be very different on your legs also just on all the concrete um, yeah, and actually, I don't know if I can really uh, make it, but uh, we try. It's going to be a different pace, and there's mm-hmm. no, uh, there's no. I don't have to go fast, nothing. So mm-hmm. if I want to stop, I can stop. And if I fail, then it will be a part of the. How, how long the does journey. it take to uh, paint one of the smiling faces? Uh, actually, I'm going to paint before. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I did like a um, presentation, and everything is done already. So I have all the. Uh, uh, kind of um, the style and everything is done so it might take one week to uh, to paint everything I don't all the faces I don't know maybe more but I first need to uh, to get the picture <laughs> of everyone yeah yeah I mean how many have you got now that much no, no it, it's pretty new like yeah. I, <laughs> I'm talking about it but uh, <laughs> it's uh, just the beginning so, so something like um at the UTMB, which was uh, obviously very painful, but still incredibly impressive to get through 100k. Given that it's so trail running in general is such a positive experience for you, does that become unfinished business that you're desperate to go back and make sure you do the UTMB properly and enjoy it, or is that just ca- too counter to how you experience trail running to even like fit into your dialogue? That's a good question. I don't know if I want to go back. Um, I know that I have to learn from. Uh, this experience uh i've learned something really important for me was to know that i was uh 
when I have a goal to achieve, I'm, I'm really strong and I can, uh, even if it's painful, I before like giving up, I'm like, I'm super tough. So, which is good to know that. Um, but then I, I don't know if I'm, I feel the need to go back. Uh, if I feel strong enough in a year, I might go back, uh, but no pressure. I don't know. 100 miles, it's long, mm. especially around the Mont Blanc. Uh, the elevation and the, uh, the climbs downhill are killer. <laughs> so, um, I, I really enjoy like training every day, doing what I'm doing in Hong Kong. It makes me feel so happy every day. So do I need to kill myself <laughs> just to... I, I don't know. So have you were to deal with an injury again uh hopefully not but if, would you push through pain like you did last august at the utmv again probably <laughs> <laughs> true runners have very short silly. memories <laughs> yeah it's a bit silly i know but um yeah have you, have you got any big running goals uh, um you know you say you set yourself a goal you want to go for it is there any races in mind that or is it just no further than the arc project you know what i never dream about like utmb before i was just like i did it because i don't know everyone was doing something there. <laughs> i was like okay let's go let's do utmb <laughs> um i think my uh, personal project is um uh, more meaningful for me mm. rather than uh, doing improving to people that I'm capable to do 100 miles. Um, I really want to do something and really want to help people uh, through my talent. Um, and yeah, that's something more meaningful. If I have to kill my knee again, I prefer to <laughs> kill it for my own project. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah, UTMB, it's, yeah. Uh, we never finish on the podium anyway, so. <laughs> but maybe one, I don't know, next year I'm gonna do it. Okay. Let's comes. see. Let's talk about it in, uh, in one year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm super excited to see your Smiles and Miles project. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think we're uh, sort of coming to the end of the, uh, of the podcast. Thank you very much for taking the time to thank come you on. Thank so it's much. so amazing to hear about how things like running and art that seemingly have no link are actually so intrinsically linked to for you. That's amazing. Yeah, and beautifully you. expressed also just the way you think and bring together your different ideas and energy. So that was an amazing interview and we got to hear all about Elsa's interactions between art and running. Actually, I'm looking at her Instagram now. She has a really active presence there and it really does show her two sides of her life, her running and her art. Um, so for people who want to check it out, it is at Elsa, E-L-S-A underscore Jean Dieu. So J-E-A-N-D-E-D-I-E-U. Um, and from there, you can check out more of her professional work. There is a link to her professional account. Yeah, it's amazing hearing her talk. I mean, I think I like running more just having heard her talk about how much it brings her, how much joy it brings her. And uh, sounds like she wants a few people to join her on that arch project. So maybe we'll get the invite, but I, I doubt I'd be able to keep up. <laughs> I'd be very honored to share my smile with her. Yes, um, but you, you've got a race coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It'll be the Peak 24. I think it's on uh, May 18th. So the idea, it's a, it's a big fundraiser um, to combat anti, uh, to combat human trafficking. Uh, so you have teams going for 24 hours. It's a relay around uh, the Lugard Road, uh, around the peak. So let's see how 
how far teams can go in 24 hours. That's cool. Um, when this uh, when this pod comes out, I'm going to be in Sichuan in the, on the border of Tibet at the Yading Sky Race, which I'm very excited about because I think all of the top Chinese runners that seem to only emerge for the Hong Kong 100 are going to be there. So I'll finally get to meet some. What distance are you running and how, how are you feeling physically? Uh, I'm going to be running the 30K. There is a 50K. Um, I don't feel particularly fit, um, but I feel like my knees and joints are getting better at dealing with running downhill so I can go for longer despite the fact that I'm not fit, if that makes sense. But it starts at like 4,000 meter altitude, so I might break down very, very quickly. But being in the environment outdoors in the beautiful like end of the Himalayas is, is, is what it's all about. Great. So the next time we're back on there, we'll definitely hear all about your experience in Yanning. Yeah, well, we shall. <laughs> For all you at home who've enjoyed the pod, uh, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or on Spotify. If you enjoyed it, leave us a good review and hear from more of the crazy Hong Kongers who are taking part in extreme sports across the world. 